0: Blog Talk Radio Welcome back you health renaissance people. Yes, today we're talking about vaccine court and this is it's kind of a unique time in history uh because we're having forced medical procedures on the public now you've got the media you've got the cultural authority medical doctors who who you know are are literally worshiped as gods and every media source is saying Vaccines are safe and effective. Stop listening to those crazy anti-vaxxers. Anti-vaxxers uh, are not based in science. They're evil people that are killing children. I mean, okay, now let's just take a chill pill. This entire insanity has only been going on for the last few years. Now, so we're going to go over history. For one thing... The quality of your life depends on the quality of questions you ask, and that's a fact. So let's just ask a couple of questions, and these questions are important. And if you are a fervent, you know, you want everyone vaccinated with everything, the CDC and the scientists at the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, you're just rolling up your sleeves for anything these doctors say, Beautiful. God bless you. I love you. If you're into forced vaccinations where um, you shouldn't have the right to choose that if you don't vaccinate that you're spreading disease and only the people that are vaccinated are protected and healthy in society. I understand that. Okay, And, and I'm going to present data that shows that these extreme positions are not only not based in science, but they're not based in fact. So I want you to ask this question, is our population healthier today than it was 30 years ago? And you can ask anyone in child care, in health care, in, I mean, virtually any aspect of society, particularly ones that work with kids, are the kids today healthier now or are they sicker now? And I'm telling you, 100% of people will look down at the ground and say, oh my God, they're completely different. So when we look at this, what happened in 1986? In 1986, we had 23 doses of seven vaccines, and now they've tripled the number of vaccines. We're actually a little bit more than triple. We've had 72 doses, okay, of 17 different vaccines, and now what happened? Why was there a tripling of the number of vaccines? Is that because our population was was sick? Or what happened in 1986, and that's what we're going to discuss today, is the liability law. So we completely wiped out the liability um, um, responsibility of the product for the vaccine manufacturers. But let's look at the questions, okay? Why... Has the number of vaccines tripled since the liability protection laws were passed in '86? Why? What was there massive public demand? Okay, why are chronic illnesses and diseases rampant today? And again, these are all facts. And why are vaccine exemptions and choice being taken away? And again, that's a fact. If you look before 2010, nurses, doctors, hospitals, Nobody was requiring vaccinations. Uh, and when we've done our talks on flu shots and everything else, I mean, you know that the flu shot is 0% effective under 2, 0% effective over 65. It doesn't pre- make you less effect and, um, and infectious. I, I mean, it, it's not based in science. So when you ask the question, is our population healthier, Why has the number of vaccines tripled since the liability protection laws were passed in 86? Why are chronic diseases rampant? Why have vaccine exemptions and choice been taken away? And is the media reporting on vaccine damage? Is it accurate? Well, let's look at the facts. For one, the U.S. has one of the world's highest child vaccination rates, absolutely, and one of the lowest infectious disease rates in the world. That's absolute fact. So if you correlate vaccination rates with low disease rates, bam, we're there. However, why does America have one of the worst infant mortality rates of all developed nations, with six out of a thousand thousand babies dying before their first birthday? and why did the a number of vaccines go from 23 in 1986 to 33 in 97 to 69 in 2016 now it's 72 doses well first let's look at informed consent now this came out of the nuremberg code and they felt that these the nazis that were torturing people inside of the prison camps that they didn't get informed consent They had um, coercion, where they were forcing their medical procedures on them. They were not properly formulated uh, scientific experiments. And there has to be a benefit towards the experimentees. And what do we have now? As of 2010, there is no longer informed consent. Okay, you have forced medical procedures to get an education uh, in most states and to have a job, such as in a hospital. Forced medical procedures. Now, if we look at just the flu shot alone, 60% of all vaccine injuries reported to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System are from the flu shot. Now, there's coercion for compliance, there's no liability for the manufacturing, no fault for product defects, no normal litigation process, and no double-blind placebo-controlled studies. Now, I'm going to explain that, but to pass this law getting rid of any liability protection, There, what what was the climate like in the 60s, 70s, and 80s? Well, I got to tell you, one of the biggest um, problems with Griffin versus United States. Now this, the U.S. government was held liable because the Division of Biologic Standards of the National Institute of Health released a batch of the polio vaccine that didn't conform to their standards, so it caused massive damage And then in 1966, 68, 74, 79, multiple, multiple damage was done from the um, diphtheria, tetanus, uh, pertussis, and poliomyelitis. These were all vaccines that were causing a terrific amount of damage. And now the entire vaccine industry at the time was a $6 billion a year industry. However... With all the vaccine damages, okay, with all the lawsuits, there was $30 billion in damages. And so the vaccine producers went from 26 people making vaccines down to four. Now, in the late 70s and early 80s, personal injury lawyers, they could sue vaccine manufacturers um, for vaccines like the whooping cough, causing sudden infant death, mental retardation, and other conditions. And many of the lawsuits were successful. And, in fact, the cost of whooping cough or pertussis injection skyrocketed from $0.17 cents to $11 per dose because you had to cover the lawsuits. And so this was tremendous. So the House Energy um, Committee and or Energy and Commerce Committee drafted this vaccine injury compensation program. Now, think of this. Okay, it wasn't the, the doctors. It wasn't the health center. It was energy and commerce uh, because they needed to get the problem solved. And the problem wasn't that the product was damaging people. That was fact. It's proven in court. Okay, what the problem was was the companies were going out of business because their product was so dangerous. Okay, yeah, again, this is all fact. So now... The, there was a tax put on every shot, $0.75 cent tax, and this act was passed. It's called the National Childhood Va- Vaccine Injury Act of 1986. And this, the purpose of this was to reduce the potential financial liability of vaccine manufacturers to vaccine injury claims. Now, I want you to understand, this is not a call to the industry to make a safer product, It's not a call to doing double-blind, placebo-controlled trials to see if there's something safer. No, this was to protect the vaccine manufacturers. So this National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program was created to make a federal no-fault system for compensating vaccine-related injuries or death. Okay, now, to get this system, they actually added, okay, Uh, a reporting system, a Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, or VAERS. And they also established that a committee from the Institute of Medicine to review existing literature on vaccine adverse events after immunizations, uh, regardless of whether there was a direct link or not. And so now, according to VAERS, now since 1986, all of this stuff should be in place, but it's not. Uh, Now, all doctors and providers of vaccines in the UNS, for one, they're supposed to provide a written um, vaccine benefit and risk information before the vaccination takes place. Is that done when you're forced vaccinated to keep a job? No. They're supposed to keep a permanent record of all vaccines given, including the vaccinations or the manufacturer's name and vaccine lot numbers. They're supposed to record symptoms of serious health problems and make a report to the um, VAERS or vaccine adverse event reporting system uh, in the event of an injury or death or hospitalization. Now, um, the the tough part is this was damaging, okay? By 1984, calls for rationing because there was a lot of problems with DPT. And it was, it was really, in 1984, proof that the companies didn't want to make this product because it was so dangerous. But after the 1986 Vaccine Injury Compensation Act, bam, you could start producing it because you weren't really financially liable for it. Well, now there's another... Um, incident in, well, it, it actually started in 1992. See, this gal named Hannah uh, Bershowitz um, received her six months' diphtheria tetanus pertussis in 1992. She immediately developed seizures and was hospitalized for weeks. She continued to suffer from a residual seizure disorder that required her to receive constant care. Now this went to the vaccine court. Now one month prior to the petition, new regulations eliminated Hannah's seizure disorder from the list of compensable uh, injuries. And in fact, 3 years after um, after this was petitioned, the drug company withdrew the type of vaccine that Hannah was inoculated from the market. So there was a problem with it. It here's the problem. This went before the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said, look, the law that we put in place is not meant to have a limitless number of vaccines that are covered, so there's no product liability. Now, Justice Sotomayor and Justice Ginsburg, now this is the United States Supreme Court. Uh, They um, had dissenting opinions on this where they said, look, this is not what they, they meant. Um, And they said, quote, this misconstrues the act's legislative history and disturbs the careful balance Congress struck between compensating vaccine-injured children and stabilizing the childhood vaccine market. Its decision leaves a regulatory vacuum in which no one ensures that vaccine manufacturers adequately take account of scientific and technological advancements when designing or distributing their product, because nothing in the text, structure, or legislative history of the Vaccine Act remotely suggests that Congress intended such a result. I respectfully dissent. Uh, Absolutely. And so let, let me read this. The U.S. Supreme Court... Um the committee set forth uh, comment K in the bill because it intends that the principle and comment K regarding, okay, this is the quote, the U.S. Supreme Court says the product, the vaccines, are unavoidably unsafe products, quote, those products in which the present state of human skill and knowledge cannot be made safe, end of quote. That's right. So when people say the vaccines are safe and effective, when you hear this from every media, when you hear this from the highest mountaintop, uh, either they're ignorant or evil, and I'm hoping it's ignorant, because if they're not aware that the Supreme Court says this product is unavoidably unsafe, but you're hearing it over and over and over again from the media, then where's the disconnect that the anti-vaxxers are not anti-vaxxers? That's a label placed on them by the media. They're pro-science. I mean, who would be against a safe, effective medical procedure? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And in fact, let's just take um, from October 2015 to September 2016, so a year. The number of petitions, vaccine petitions, in just that one year span, that was presented to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, if all of those claims were satisfied, it would have reached almost $1 trillion in that one year. So you remember, these products are not safer. Okay, And they've tripled the number of vaccines because there's no liability for it. And if this actually was, if everyone went through a real legal proceeding, not this vaccine kangaroo court, OK, it would wipe out the country. We're talking one trillion dollars in damages in one year. So what has the court settled with? And let's just look at 2014 to 15. Those are the numbers I got. Um, Twenty-two million dollars in 2014 increased to 114 million in 2015. I don't have the 2017 stats. Otherwise, I'd have those. Tetanus cost four million dollars in damages. HPV 3.4 million. Pertussis two million. Thermiasol 1.5 million. I mean, hepatitis B—it's crazy. So, so why? Ask yourself this, why in 1986, 23 doses of seven vaccines, 23 doses of seven vaccines was causing so much damage, so many countries or companies were going out of business that Congress had to protect the companies, not protect the people. Congress had to protect the companies because the the Council of Commerce uh, drafted this legislation and they're not looking at to protect the people. And so once that legislation passed, it went to 33 doses of 9 vaccines 10 years later. Then it went to 69 doses of 16 vaccines, and now it's 72 doses of 17 different vaccines. And we have the sickest population of animal species the world's ever seen. One in six children is learning disabled. 1 in 9 has asthma, 1 in 10 has attention deficit disorder, and it depends. Some people say 1 in 29, others say 1 in 38 has autism, and 1 in 400 has diabetes. Forget the limitless number of chronic illnesses or diseases. Fifty-four percent of our kids have a chronic illness or disease, Now, the cost per vaccine went from $80 per child in 1986 to $3,035 currently today. So let's look at this product. Now, vaccines are called biologics. Now, remember, the vaccine companies are not liable for this. They're not liable for this. But there are recalls. If you look at the fda.gov site, and type in biologic recalls. It will show you all the recalls that the, the Federal Drug, uh, Food and Drug Administration um, actually asked these companies because they went and tested it. And we're talking... Um, lot numbers for hepatitis B vaccine, the flu vaccine, all of these are being recalled in 2013, 2014, 2016, 2017. So Gardasil in 2013, part of that was recalled because they found um, toxic products in there. So these, again, if they make a mistake in manufacturing and they inject your child and your child or you or a loved one is damaged because they put a toxic, infective product in there, uh, of course, the U.S. Supreme Court says they're unavoidably unsafe. So, you know, even if they do it right, it's unavoidably unsafe. If they do it wrong, it's worse. Um, And you cannot sue them. So I encourage you, to get this book, and I'm going to bring some data. It's called Vaccine Peer Review, The History of Global Vaccination Program, 1,000 Peer-Reviewed Reports and Studies from 1915 to 2015. That's right, 1,000 Peer-Reviewed Reports and Studies I also would recommend How to End the Autism Epidemic by J.B. Handley, which again, if you're able to read, this is a fantastic, fantastic um, asset. So let's look at how vaccines are safe and effective. Okay, let's look at the science behind this, because instead of doing sound bites and platitudes and slogans, let's look at part of this thousand um, peer-reviewed journal articles. Let's look at Pace Environmental Law Review from 2011. Quote, unanswered questions, a review of compensated cases of vaccine Injured in, induced brain injury. That's right. The title of the article is "Unanswered Questions: A Review of Compensated Cases of Vaccine-Induced Brain Injury." Now, what they found is 83 cases of vaccine-induced brain injury that were compensated by the Vaccine um, Injury Act, okay, by the uh, Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. Now. 83 cases acknowledged of induced brain damage that include autism, speech problems, social communication, behavior. Now, they go on to say um, vaccine-induced brain damage with autism for more than 20 years. The vaccine injury compensation has been compensating cases like this for over 20 years, over 20 years. And still, the media, the public, is not uh, it's either not aware of it or what is going on. I mean, when they say vaccines are safe and effective, vaccines don't cause injury, how come in 2011 PACE Environmental Law was able to find out about it? But let's look at other other of the um, uh, research. Here's anti-cancer research, May 1999. Uh Quote, cancer risk associated with the simian virus 40 contaminated polio vaccine. What they found was that their analysis that the vaccine that I got for polio that was passed out from 1955 through 1961, they didn't find problems with it for 40 years later. And they analyzed incidents of brain tumors, bone tumors, mesotheliomas, and they found Um, an an increased rates of osteogenic sarcomas, bone tumors, mesotheliomas in the group that was uh, exposed to this vaccine. Uh, So it took them 40 years to find out that the polio vaccine caused this. Now, here's the tough part. When you look at the risks... And the risk of, if you go on the standard sites, and they'll say the measles, mumps, and rubella, uh, six months ago it had a totally different um, uh, uh, warning. They used to say seizure um, caused by fever, one out of 3,000 doses. They now put in there, what should they look for? Unusual condition, high fever, behavioral changes. They took out that it occurs in one in 3,000. When we look at what's the state of our population, well, first off, we have one of the highest infant mortality rates of all developed nations. Six out of 1,000 babies die before their first birthday. We have one of the highest maternal mortality rates. In fact, the U.S. has become one of the worst in, of all industrialized nations. Between 12 and 28 women per 100,000 die within one year of giving birth. Um, Now, it could be that pregnant women are getting vaccinated now. Don't know. There isn't a double-blind study. We just know the end results. Now, when you look at the vaccine injury compensation, they have a number of different vaccines, what they're going to say can be caused by the vaccine and how long it takes to compensate. So if you look at their site, Let's look at vaccines containing um, tetanus toxoid, like the DTAP, the DTP, the DT. Now, they're saying that it could have anaphylactic shock, brachial neuritis. um, It could have death, disability, injury. Now, all of this has to occur within four hours um, or between two and 28 days. Okay? So, four hours of anaphylactic shock, Brachial neuritis went between two and twenty-eight days. And any other complications, it's not applicable. So when you look at the next vaccines, okay, anaphylactic shock, again, four hours, encephalopathy or inflammation of the brain, seventy-two hours. Any other thing is not compensable. So so we look at all the other vaccines. Um, Haemophilus uh, influenza type B, varicella, rotavirus, pneumococcal vaccines, hepatitis A vaccines. There's no injury or illness that they'll cover because nothing's applicable. We're going to cover um, so many different points of data, okay? And I mean, we're talking um, spikes in human and autism from when they started to use human fetal cells. And again, the, here's from the Journal of Immunotoxicology, 2011, uh, Theoretical Aspects of Autism, a Case Review, talking about how spikes in brain damage uh, correlate with the change of growth medium that's used in the vaccines. When we look at infections, vaccines, and other environmental triggers of autoimmunity, out of the Journal of Autoimmunity, They say genetic, immunologic, hormonal, and environmental factors are important triggers of autoimmune problems. But they're also saying that it turns out that it could be... um, um, from the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine, from the hepatitis B vaccine, from the DTP vaccine, from measles vaccine, from polio vaccine, they find a number of different vaccines that are associated with different autoimmune conditions. Now, remember, this is the same vaccines that is protected by the, the, the manufacturers are totally protected and it's said is unavoidably unsafe uh, by the us Supreme Court and it 's forced on the public how how can anybody be aware of the actual peer reviewed data? How can anyone be aware of this? Um, and I mean we 're talking a thousand articles in one book. The population is getting sicker and sicker, and still, the people that are promoting this this medical forced medical procedure are they completely unaware of this data? It makes no sense. I, I mean, some people are saying it's population control. Some people are saying, look, it's just money. But I got to tell you what the real problem is. I mean, we, when we look at uh, Dr. Albert, uh, Albert Sabin, now, he's one of the developers of the polio vaccine. Now, he was lecturing to Italian doctors in 1985, Quote, Official data have shown that large-scale vaccinations undertaken in the U.S. have failed to attain any significant improvement over diseases against which they were supposedly to provide protection. End of quote. Uh, when we look at that, out of the clinical cancer research, vaccines. Title of the article: Vaccines cause immune suppression, immune stimulation versus immune suppression after multiple vaccines. The woes of therapeutic vaccine development. Uh, How can you read this article after article after article? Um, Journal of Epidemiology, uh, talking about the hepatitis B vaccine, increased incidence of liver problems in U.S. children less than 6 years old, up by 294% over unvaccinated controls. So how do we get out of this? And, I mean, we're going to have a tremendous amount more data that you can copy from. It'll be live on Facebook if we get the technical difficulties worked out. Uh, it'll be placed on YouTube. So please, slow this down. Look at the references. So what do we need? The science that vaccines must be held to. There has to be long-term randomized controlled trials using a true inert placebo. Right now they're using active placebos. Long-term trials comparing vaccinated to unvaccinated people. Again, has to be done, has to be done. Product liability has to be placed back on the manufacturer so they're responsible for their product. Personal choice to use or not use any medical procedure should be there, that should be basic. Now, what's stopping this? What's stopping these intelligent, well-educated people from coming out and saying, look, we're supporting a medical procedure that's dangerous? Well, first, we have a litigious society. If these guys that have been promoting this, okay, come out and say, look, we have a dangerous product here that we need to take a step back. We're not going to throw out all the vaccines, but we're going to do antibody tests. We're going to check the population, we're going to individualize medications, we're going to individualize medical therapy. That makes sense. And also, too, we've got a number of people who careers and finances are tied to the promotion of the vaccine schedule. So how would you like to lose that? Well, you're talking a huge amount of people at the CDC, uh, Health and Human Services, all of these people in infectious disease wards. Ninety percent of a pediatrician's business is vaccines. So this would be a massive change in healthcare, And honestly, who funds the industry, the media industry? It's the pharmaceutical industry. This is why when you see a drug ad, there's, there's 30 seconds, half of the commercial, telling you the negative side effects. You see an ad for a vaccine, that's called a public health message, So there is no negative effects. We have to get educated, take back our health. This, Doctor John Bergman, your health advocate. God bless you, and I love you. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.